Welcome to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Our purpose is to have fun talking about small business stuff. Small business, first of all, we, we call any company that, that has from 1 to 25 employees in any business. Makes no difference. Along the way, we're going to give you knowledge and tools to succeed with your small business, whether you're just starting out or you've been established and running one for a while. I'm Jack Mancini, and I'm here with my business partner, Adam Sunholder. That's right. Welcome again to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. As we talk about every week, one of the biggest dirty secrets in small business is that those owners are often stuck in some state of how. Lots of how questions when it comes to running a company where Hmm. they feel the need to have all the answers, but unfortunately they don't always have all the answers, and so they have a lot of how questions. And that's a big part of what we deal with in our day-to-day business of of coaching those small small companies and, and the owners of those small companies to help them work through those how questions because... It might be the first time for them having that how question, but for us, typically we've heard it dozens and dozens of times before and help folks through it to help them frame and kind of move things along. And a big part we like to cover here is, is exactly that, is, is those how questions. And so we have lots to draw from, and we usually will pick a few from the prior week here to kind of address and kind of throw them out there for you. And if you have your own how questions, we'd love you to be part of the show. And you can do that by giving us a call here in the studio at 440-946-9468. We're here every Monday from noon to 1 p.m. Eastern. We'd love to have you be part of the show and share with us some of the how questions you've got that you'd like us to answer for you. Perfect. There are so many how questions, it's unbelievable. We'll find ourselves, uh, even in the course of just discussing the how questions, we're going to come up with more how questions. It's endless. And don't feel afraid at all to give us a call, because I know you're wrestling with how questions right now. It's impossible for a day to go by where your business doesn't prompt you to say, how do I do this? How do I, how do I get a new employee? How do I get better prices? Uh, how do I figure this out if I have a legal problem or not? How do I find a new CPA? How do I find a business coach? Hey, wait a minute. That's what we do. Yeah, you're listening to the right place. We found one right now. We have thousands, endless pit of how questions. So give us a call. Give us a call, 440-946-9468. Become part of the program. Let's have a little fun with your how questions. All right. You can also email us if you prefer email, radio at MaximumVP.com. You can send us the how question there as well. We'll be sure to get it on the air and address it for you and, and be able to have you have some answers for it. We, we, as Jack said, we prefer if you can call in. We can get those things done that way as well. And we've got a couple of good questions here this week that we'll hopefully get to. We're going to start with one that I know is uh, (laughs) perplexing to many folks. Perplexing. Good word. How do I get millennials to work together? Or how do I get millennials? Or how do I work with millennials? There's a a big label and often some negative connotations that come to mind with that word millennials. And so those are the folks that were born kind of in the the early 1980s all the way through kind of the mid-1990s. So they're the the early to mid-20-somethings to the mid-30-somethings right now, and they're a big part of the influx into the working world right now. And they're creating a lot of waves in terms of coming in and and just at at the point in time in history where they're coming in, and they aren't quite absorbing into the work world the way their their predecessors had done, right? you got generational gaps, but you've always had generational gaps. You've had it uh, with the baby boomers, the hippies, the uh, the Gen Xers. The, everyone brings their own their own style of what what really ends up being change. And 
the, the business world somewhat adapts to that. And the, the new generations coming in force the change just by their own particular, I don't know, social norms. It starts with social norms because that's what young people basically start with. They don't start with sophisticated business uh, issues there. They start with social norms. And those drive change. And change is always uncomfortable for people. Some people way, way more than others. So you have business owners, and the reason we're, we're asking this how questions about millennials is because we, we have clients who say that. They blame some of the problems of communication and issues in their company with dealing with millennials. And there's nothing wrong with millennials, just like there's nothing wrong with baby boomers. It's just reconciling the, the language and the desires and the, the changing norms here to uh, our culture. And that's what we get. So whole groups of people are are tarred with that brush here, and they shouldn't be. Yeah, as often we do, you know, whenever we're approaching a problem, we'll tend to look internally first. All right, so as Jack mentioned, we have a lot of clients and other owners that we've met that, that literally are convinced in their minds that the millennials are the problem. Right, right. And... We know that's typically not necessarily the case. Not, not that the millennials aren't going to have some faults like, like, like we all do, but it, it isn't like a broad brush stroke of, hey, there's a, a problem with these millennials. And so a couple things we often will encourage people to do. Well, first of all, take a look at what you're doing because when I mentioned before that, they, that the millennials are coming in at a point in time in history that's, that's pretty unique. When you look at technology and what technology is doing to business these days, and you know, I had personal experience with this. You know, back in my time when I was in, in New York, I actually moved back to the Cleveland area, and I was working remotely. Okay, this is in, you know, the, the no, early, that's why the, you the, understand the, that so well. The early two huh? thousands. Okay, <coughs> and you know, now a, a big bank, you know, Bank of New York, helped me do that. Now, bank of New York's been around since Alexander Hamilton. They, you know, they've been around for a long time. So it wasn't a no-brainer to make this start to happen. But you know, as we started to kind of present the case and how it could work, and the fact that that time, hey, as long as I had a cell phone and I had a laptop and you know access to a fax machine. You know, back in the day when you had, you had a lot of faxes coming around. But, you know, with, with the laptop, you could have email and everything <laughs> else, and you're available. And, you know, uh, this whole idea of working remotely or having multiple offices or, or multiple locations where people are getting stuff done. Again, technology can be very, very great and very good for a lot of things. It can also be very tough for a lot of things. But That's a big, the, big part of it. Well, yeah, go on. So one, one of the challenges, when I was, you know, as I'm talking about people looking internally here, one of the biggest challenges many of our owners have is it's the old school mentality of, hey, if I can't see you, Jack, how do I know that you're working? I don't see you here in the office. I don't see you here on the job site. Whatever it might be, if I can't see you, all of a sudden there's that. And, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but that, you know, that, that, that would often give people a sense of control. I know that people are here. Sure it does. They don't, well, they don't know how to really manage people and companies. Now keep in mind, so many of these small businesses popped up after World War II where we, we conquered the world, and, and uh, the model was military command control. So command control means in a business at that time, and, and to this day still quite a few companies like that, you know, command control means I'm the, I'm the general sitting in the office and I want to know where all my troops are. And that basically... Uh, uh, is is still a style. The command control style is still in place in many many companies, and we we can see this very easy, obviously, because uh, there isn't inclusion. That's a, a fancy word today, but in effect, what it means is to us anyway, 
is if you're the owner of a business, I want you to share your information about that business. Share the, the accounting numbers, share the policies, share the customers. Don't be afraid of that. And millennials in particular want to know what's going on. They want to be part of the decision making. And, and doesn't it just make common sense to have, if you've got a 20 employee company, to have 20 brains working for the betterment of the company, they're part of the goal setting, they're part of the, the, uh, uh, the, the, the whole process of, of basically making this company go where it's going to go versus one brain sitting in the office uh, getting older and kind of losing it. Well, I think yeah. that absolutely does make sense, Jack. I think the problem is I think you may have lost most of our listening audience when you said, why don't you share the financial information with, with, the, oh, with people? Oh, that's right. Their, hey, their they, brains, yeah, typically that, that's usually where people's brains shut off. So we, uh, they go on a different path of, well, what do you mean? You got to tell them how much money we're making or doing this or that and everything else. And, you know, believe it or not, <laughs> many millennials will talk, about, will talk about things that weren't talked about before. They'll talk about how much money that, you know, hey, hey, Jack, my salary is X. How much are you making? That's right. Really. They'll, They'll be very it, open about that. Yeah, That's right. So, so they're, they're talking about this kind of stuff, right? So being aware of that, but I guess, you know, from a, from a as you're talking about you know, the, the, the command control thing, I want to f- finish that point in terms, in terms of the whole idea of, of remoteness. Well, again, that was a false, you know, a false sense of security back in the day anyway because people were still screwing around doing whatever they're going to do just because they're there. Doesn't mean that they're necessarily the doing, boss. Doing the, the boss work, can't right? be looking at them all the time. Right. That was even before security cameras and everything and, else. Yeah, so and that's saying. not that's <laughs> not your job as the boss. That's right. right. That's that's a, <laughs> if that's what you're doing, you're doing the wrong things. We have we have that with with, with, with a lot of clients too, where you have that kind of uh, that gotcha mentality. Hey, so and so wasn't here. They weren't doing this. And I, it's like, well, well, who really who who really cares, right? I mean, the, the idea is you want to make sure you've got things getting done. And well, if I if I don't know how to manage a company by planning, directing, and controlling, I I have to do something to assert my authority here, and the best thing to do is is uh, look at the physical body of of employees here and do something, make it present, make them you know uh, be accountable to a time clock, and how silly all that stuff is. The days have changed for that kind of stuff, and millennials will drive that change and are driving that change. And that's a good thing, but yet it can also be for somebody who's, who's uh, in a different generation, that can also be very daunting. Why don't these people show up every day? Why don't they, you know, basically do this, do that? Oh, wait a minute. They don't have to, not in today's world. And it's not even productive to do it in today's world with today's technology. So they can be very flexible. You know, people like to work, people being millennials, like to talk about work-life balance. All right, that's, those are good things to talk about, and quite frankly, those are good things to to incorporate into the culture of a company. And it's the leader's job to basically try to make that happen. Don't fight it. Sure, sure it is. Well, you brought, you brought up some good points here, Jack. We'll come back when we come back from our break here. But you know, in terms of what plan direct control means, how does that really look when it comes to millennials? And that's what the question we're trying to answer here right now in this segment, which is how do we get millennials to work together how do i how do i work better with millennials that's a it's a it's a common challenge with, with, with many owners of small companies these days so stay tuned we'll, we'll keep talking about this here on the other side of our break i'm adam sunhalter and i'm jack mancini with maximum value partners as we said we're business coaches and we help you get unstuck from that state of how that you're in stay tuned for more dirty secrets of small business on integrity radio wint 1330 a.m 101.5 fm and online at wintradio.com 
Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners, MVP, Most Valuable Player. We're business coaches who help owners of small companies get unstuck from a state of how. You know, those how questions come into your life every day, every day. There's no, no doubt about it. We've answered thousands of them, and we, we can help you too. Why don't you call us in and share some of your how questions with us and have a little fun. That's right. You can reach us here in the studio every Monday from noon to 1 p.m. Eastern. The number here in the studio is 440-946-9468, and that's 440-946-WINT. If you're a little bashful to be on the phone, you can also email us at radio at MaximumVP.com. So we want to come back in the, the second segment here of our show today. We wanted to, to touch on our, our first question, our first hot question for the week, which was, how do I deal with millennials? How do I kind of work better with millennials? And Jack touched on something very important in that prior segment, which is the, the, the job and duty of the owner isn't, is to plan, direct, and control. And we were talking about how there's a lot more information that's available these days, and, and millennials will have discussions about things like what they're making, with each other, there's different things that, that weren't allowed or weren't talked about, and, and they want to work remotely at times or be in different areas, and that's just part of how the world is progressing in terms of, you know, from a work standpoint, technology has been a big driver of that. So one of the things we encourage people to do, and Jack touched on this, I think it's where most people's brains may have kind of went in a, in a different direction, was to share information, which includes sharing their financials, sharing what's kind of going on, not necessarily sharing what people make. If, if they wanted to, to, to do that on their own, that's up to them, but to be able to let the company, let the employees know and the team know what's going on with the company and bring them in and invite them in and getting the plan down. So the plan direct control piece, that's the that's a three-word job description for every owner and CEO. Well, isn't that simple? It should be simple for every owner of a small business to do that and see that. But it's one of the things we coach on, on how to be a CEO, how to be the owner of your company, how to really take command of it. And changing norms shouldn't be where you spend your time. Your time should be setting the pace, looking looking out ahead, and and bringing your employees into that view, and having them define how to get these things done, and that lets them define how to work this work-life balance to to satisfactorily uh, accomplish the goals of the company. Can't fight it, and there's nothing wrong with. Uh, like our previous uh, program here, talking about negotiation. There's nothing wrong with trying to get a, a, a more comfortable lifestyle, and it's something that should be talked about, and the company should definitely consider it. As long as the goals of the company are clearly stated and signed off on, who cares? Right, Adam? That's I mean, right. I, don't, I don't care if you're my employee and I never see you. As long as whatever you're supposed to do, you do, you do it well. I'll even I'll even grade you remotely and send you your money remotely. That's right. Who is this Adam? Be, I don't know. I never saw right. him they before. Walked, the person walked in, you know, walked through your door today. You probably wouldn't recognize him because you hadn't maybe met him. Maybe <laughs> seen a picture or a photo online or a video online. But yeah, when they're there in person, it's very different. the The question we have most of our our owners trained well to be able to ask is three words: What's the plan? Right. Okay. That's so so important. And so, hey, if you want to work remotely, Jack, that's great. What's the plan? How's that going to look? And when we talk about what's the plan, the plan's going to be the overall plan of what we refer to as a profit plan, okay, which is in old dusty terms is called a budget, which is oh one of the boy, worst, worst words in the world. And, and people, there are all kinds of issues with budgets. But remember that, that TV series, Tales of the Crypt? Did yeah, you ever remember? Sure. That's what a budget, that's what Remind a budget is. Tales of the Budget. That's kind what of a spooky vision, visual, Jack. All mm -hmm. right. Well, 
if you have a profit plan, which is, hey, here's our sales coming in, here's our expenses, here's our profit, month to month over, you know, over the course of the year, and if we're making decisions to make sure that that's going to happen. So if you own part of that plan, what's the plan to make that start to happen? If you're helping to, to bring revenue in, what's that look like? If you're going to be helped to control expenses, what's that look like? So if you're all of a sudden going to want to you know, do something different, if it's working remotely two days a week, okay, what's that look like? There's certain costs. What's it look like in terms? That's right. Yeah. So, so, so how does it impact our profit plan, versus just taking it because it's, it's so unusual or, or you don't think that way that y you're going to throw it out? No, let's try to put it through the profit plan. What's that look like? And if you have a key employee, well, if the option is, well, we 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 have this employee, you know, work remotely a couple days a week, or, or we lose them. If it gets to that point, well, how, how valuable are they to your team? And again, how important is it for them to be there for the extra two days a week? And again. Make sure you ask all the right yeah. questions and get them resolved. Let the team be part of those decisions. That that helps in a lot of other ways, too. We're talking a small company here. Usually that, that means sales under a couple million dollars, 25 employees or less, generally speaking. And the owner, basically, to create a valuable company, should be able to stay away from that company for basically long periods of time because of the plan that's developed. He, along with his key people and all the employees eventually, they basically develop that plan and the value of the company now goes up because the owner doesn't have to be an integral part of the day-to-day -day operations. And that's what we like to teach. That's right. And the owner should not be necessarily part of the operations unless that's her, her style to do that. And that's what she wants to do. After all, it is her company. But if you're out to create value, which is what most people do, then to have a company that's sustained by the employees and the organization, that's key. Not be what, what people like to say, micromanaging. Right. So bringing, bringing the team into the planning process. Because, again, they, they have access to information anyway. They, 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 they like that. If things are kept quiet or kept hidden... You know, they're, they're, they're trained to almost be skeptical of it. And so bring them in, and what that does helps them understand how difficult the planning process can be, okay? Where, they, 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 you know, being on the outside in to be able to, you know, be able to throw shots at somebody is one thing, but if you're the, if you're the person in the hot seat having to, you know, to present and be responsible for certain parts of the company, that's a pretty big deal. Oh, yeah. And so how do you, how do, you do that? And so be able to train them to, to, to be able to do that and present what their plan is going to be, work through what the plan is going to be. With the focus, again, the focus is on if you're in business, you have to, you have to make money, you have to make profit. So the things we're trying to do, if we're able to make profit, make more profit, or, or do it without, you know, with, you know, if, if we're able to work less and make the same amount of profit, that's a, that's a good thing. I think, I, think, I think every boss should be very open to those kind of things. Every owner should be open to those kind of things. Well, we, we, like to, to, we like to call the, uh, the generational olders here old steel guys. Uh, the way companies uh, decades ago used to be run, small businesses, they would never share. Now, obviously, some do, but for the most part, the, the vast majority of these companies would keep the numbers and the, 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 the important kinds of plans and decisions uh, away from the employees for fear of they're going to be stolen and people are going to start up companies with the trade secrets, etc., uh, with our experience of 15 years of owning companies, coaching hundreds, we basically know how difficult it is to start up a company. And I could take this trade, so well, I, I, I have a good experience with that, but most people couldn't start up a small business with the trade secrets of anything. It is very difficult. 
So the old steel guy mentality of holding everything close to the vest is basically obsolete, and it should be. You know, we try to teach our clients that we want you to give every bit of information about what goes on in that company except what people make and let them find out themselves however they have to do it unless somebody's in a position of knowing what everyone makes and they talk about it that that isn't done but you got to give you got to give to millennials an open involved culture that's what makes them work that's what we've seen best in our and we we have a number of uh millennial situations here going on yeah so the the old steel guy or we also talk about grumpy old guy grumpy old man type thing and it doesn't matter how old you are doesn't matter if you're male or female what it might sound like is hey kid just be glad you got a job that you got you have a paycheck coming in you know those kind of attitudes those are dying thankfully yeah <laughs> along yeah. the way right so you can find a small lean company with very few employees using technology that can outproduce and out uh, outperform companies the old way where one one person is controlling all the information. Share it again, 20 brains working to solve a problem rather than one, definitely. So what, so what typically happens when you invite them into this profit planning process is, first of all, they see how difficult it is to kind of get a plan laid out for the year, okay? Number two is they, you know, you start to see who's good, who steps up and performs well, who starts to kind of shrink and shrivel in the spotlight a little bit where they're also they're, they're realizing hey they're not responsible for now executing some of this plan it was a lot you know it's a lot there's a lot of comfort to being in the shadows just kind of having that paycheck coming in and you can play a little bit but again you aren't the one responsible if things don't happen uh, you know so you sort of see how people are doing and do they start to kind of again do they start to go into the shadows a little bit or do they do they step up it's a great way to kind of see how they do and to your point jack if if, if they do well you have some good. You have a good team that can now take the pressure off you as the owner, because most of the owners, you know, I guess this is this is one of those dirty secrets, folks. Most owners are, feel like Atlas, carrying the, the weight of the world on their shoulders. Oh yeah. That they got to take care of all their employees and their employees' families, and they're responsible for their vendors and customers. Everything's on their shoulders, and we help them get some of that weight off their shoulders. Start to use the team, and how you know, the, you know, it's not. You know, burdening the team, but again, let the team help you out and showing them how to do that because most times they don't know how to let them help it out. But getting them involved, that's a great thing to have. If having people wanting to get involved and ask questions and researching stuff and having ideas and getting it to be part of that company. It's Those fun. Minds we're talking about. Yeah, that. it's, it's fun. Well, we, we have a lot of uh, situations involving um, trans- transformation from one generation to another. Uh, basically, it it uh, involves uh, you know a couple of your kids who decide to work with the company. How do you do that? They're in their twenties. You're in your fifties, sixties. Uh, how do we bridge that gap? It's probably a good place to I'll stop say, for a yeah, second. So you're, you're going into a different hot question, Jack, which we can get to here in the future. But that's uh, that, let us before we go to the, the other side of our break here. Yeah, we, we we have a break coming up here. We're gonna. Yeah, kind of close the book there on the on the millennial part. How do, how do you deal with millennials? Again, get, get okay. involved with it. Good. We'll come back on, on the other side of the break here with another how question. So stay tuned for that. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. And I'm with Maximum Value Partners. We're business coaches. And we help people get unstuck from that state of how. Stay tuned for more Dirty <laughs> Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com.
Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners, MVP. We're business coaches, and we help owners of small companies defined as 1 to 25 employees. We help them get unstuck from the state of how. There are endless how questions that come about every day in your business. We know it because we've owned our businesses ourselves, and we've coached thousands of, of people and situations here. So we help you get unstuck from those states of how. That's right. If you have some of those how questions that you're wrestling with that you'd like to share here with us and our listening audience, we always invite you to call in. We're here in the studios from noon to 1 p.m. on Mondays. That's noon to 1 p.m. Eastern. The number here in the studio is 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-WINT. Or if you prefer to shoot us an email, you can do that too for our radio and podcast listeners at radio at MaximumVP.com. All right. So what are we ready for? Yeah, so we just finished up kind of helping you figure out how do you deal with millennials, how do you work better with millennials. And we're going to talk about this segment is we're going to talk about how do you how do you respond to employees who are looking for more money? Mm. And this is a common challenge with millennials, too. Kick them out of the general. office. Fire them. <laughs> what do you think? Be glad you got a paycheck, kid. Right? We'll come back to the old steel guy or yeah, the grumpy right. old guy. The, the old grumpy guy. Yeah, so are there grumpy old ladies, too, or just grumpy old men? We, we had a few clients who are grumpy old ladies. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I don't have to dig too deep to find them. All right. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I have an employee coming in who's looking for more money because right, it's, it's never enough, so they want more money. So how do you, how do you deal with that? You know, we've, had, we've had numerous situations over the years. Uh, it can be very, especially if you're very sensitive to it, it, it can almost be taken as a personal attack or, you know, it can become very emotional well, on both you, sides. If you don't, yeah, well, if you don't have the system in place to deal with that question, it's, it's almost impossible to deal well with it. Well, what system am I talking about? Well, we like to... We like to promote inclusion in a company, and ultimately that leads to people writing their own job description, and that's that's done through some of the, the processes that we take our clients through. They end up writing their own job description, and the job description itself has to be signed off by them and their boss, and included in that job description are goals, both personal goals, how can the company help you? I don't care how outlandish it is. It may or may not survive the cut, but speak very freely with your boss. And then your boss is clarifying the goals of the company that you're involved with. So now we got the document to basically check performance and talk about something meaningful. So if you wander in one day just out of the blue and say you want more money, however you justify it, I can say, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. We can pull out your... your your job description with goals right now and kind of have a talk. I'm not quite ready for it, but, you know, in the next week, let's talk about this and let's talk about the subject of money. Now, what are the policies and, and how, does, how does the company itself dole out raises and increases and bonuses? How is that done? If we don't have answers to any of those and if we don't have a system that says, Here's what you were supposed to start to do, Adam, and it's six months into it, and we're getting close to evaluating your progress, and we're moving it up, and, hey, you aren't doing too well on these things. You tell me why I should try to go to bat right now to give you more money. 
company is whatever the company is. If it's rolling in cash, it doesn't make any difference. It's you. Why should I give you more money? Well, I think the uh, if we're on family feud here, Jack, and you're asking that question, how do most companies deal with raises <laughs> and how, uh, how it happens, the number one answer would probably be I go in and ask for it or complain about it, or I threaten to leave. No, wait, I agree. What was, the, what was the how question? Tell me the how question again. The one that we're, we're talking about now? Yeah. Yeah. Is how do I respond to an employee who's, who's looking for more money? Okay, so right. it, it it depends, which so, is always the great clarifier. Now, often, here's what happens. <coughs> the reason I say that, because, again, a couple of things. I, you know, I saw this in my days in Wall Street, okay? You have people that there, and they're, they're frustrated, and they're upset, and eventually they, they, you know, they're getting ready to leave. That, that was usually the point where, where they'd, they'd get a raise, right? <laughs> you had to threaten to leave, or, or it gets to the point where you actually you do it. Most people don't even go and approach the boss to ask for, for, for some more money. So first point here for me is, be glad that the person's actually sitting down to talk to you about it, because that in and of itself will often be unusual. That's a good thing. Don't don't treat it as a hostile a hostile environment. Embrace it. You know, which is what, what you're saying, Jack. Okay, yeah, that's that's a good thing. I'm glad you're coming. Let's talk about it. I'm not ready to talk about it this second, but let's address it this week. But wait, that's easily done if I have a system that that. Well, Anticipated that's a, that's a, that if we have no response, that, that's a good response no matter what. Because it, 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 it took them months to come in and knock on your door, right? It, 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 they just wake up this morning and say, hey, you know, I need to get more, you know, make more money. It's <laughs> it takes it, you know, it takes a certain chutzpah to kind of come into the boss's office. Ask, no, I, ask I like your earlier comment. Your earlier comment hit it right on the nose. Be glad you have a job, kid. <laughs> the hell are you talking about money for? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Why don't you turn into an old steel guy? Just transforming right in front of I my think, eyes here. I think, there, I think there's lots of lots of old steel guys out there. there and, and they aren't prepared for that question, that's for sure. So my point is embrace it. As much as, as it might feel <clears throat> like a kick in the gut to you, embrace it. Because especially if it's a good if it's a good employee, if it's a good part of your team, you know, a good, good member of your team coming in, you want to have this discussion and see what's kind of going on. You know, one of the things that we encourage our, our our clients to do is to have some some surveys of different you know salaried positions that to understand where you're paying people. Right. And you know th- these are pretty readily available these days. If you if you if you don't have one, maybe you you can go to your payroll company. They they, they can get you some stuff. There's different things you can find online. But you usually can get a sense. You know, for your for a comparable job you know, description in your geographic area, what's the typical range of what people get paid for that? And the reason that's important to know is we like to make sure that our clients are at the top 25%. Right, because, exactly. Because money money is important as part of somebody's job, but it isn't the only thing that people care about. And so, you know, if you're paying them in the bottom quartile, or, you know, the bottom, you know, 25%, okay, that becomes more of an issue because now they're being probably underpaid. If you're paying them in the top 25%, you're, you're paying them pretty well. And if you have other things that are part of what you're doing with them. If, if you're being inclusive, you're bringing them in, if, if, if they're able to grow, if they're able to get different things, the, the, the whole work-life balancing you are talking about before, Jack. There are a lot of other things that go into what makes somebody enjoy what they're doing from a, from a work standpoint. But if you're, if you're taking care of them from that standpoint, you know when they come in to ask you, hey, you know, I'm, it's not like I'm way underpaying somebody, but okay, are they now worth more? Should they be moved up? To the, you know, to, the, to the top of that. Yeah, if, if, if employees, like so many owners say, if employees are our most valuable assets, well, you got to treat it like that. got to have the systems in. You, you have to. It's almost impossible to run a company with, with uh, over 10 employees, up to 25 employees, whatever the, the headcount might be, without those systems. 
Everything then becomes reactionary and arbitrary. And you don't want to run a company like that. No, we've, we've seen it. We had a client, boy, it's probably been five years ago now. And we were coaching the client for, for a little while, and, and the, the situation was such that uh, you know, we'd kind of broken away. We got to the point where you know, that often happens. But we helped the client through a, uh, a buyout where the, the, you know, the, we had siblings that were there, and the, the one sibling bought the other sibling out. And the one that took over was a little more, um, I'll say, fly-by-the-seat-of-the-pants kind of approach. The other guy was a little more buttoned down. And within six months of of the of the, the the buyout happening, a key employee came in, and basically, you know, it was a key employee who, you know, not oh, literally yeah. but figuratively, kind of put a gun to the to, to the owner's head. Hey, if you don't pay me this, I'm leaving. And yeah, I remember that one well. And you know, so we get a phone call, which often happens. You know, whether it be for current clients or former clients. If some you know some big item like like this happens, usually we're, we're one of those first phone calls that, that somebody calls to, because this owner again felt like you know he was angry, very very angry, felt like he'd been betrayed, couldn't believe that that, that this key employee was doing it, something that they they known for a while, was coming up and and kind of laying things down like that for him. So yeah, very, very, very emotional, very emotional. So we were able to. Kinda, oh wait, he wasn't prepared. Well, he wasn't ready. We, I, guess he's more, right. I said more kind of fly by the seat of his pants type thing. It was kind of letting things go, and so we got him calmed down a little bit, and we counseled him to not offer the raise that this person was asking for. Kind of calls bluff a little bit, and he wasn't ready to go that route. He he, he couldn't he, he couldn't fathom his day-to-day life without this guy being there. Right. And ha- having gone through what he'd gone through with the sibling, to say, hey, you know, they have to go through this too, you know, just it was almost too much for him to kind of handle. So he said, you know what, I'm going to give him what he's asking for, start out, but, but ask him to be doing more. Ask this key employee to be doing some more stuff for him in order to help justify what was going on. Because this employee wasn't being underpaid by any means, but was very opportunistic. And saw that hey, there's an opportunity here where there's a change in ownership and things kind of going on. Hey, this is my, this is my big chance, right? So what's what's our listening audience? How many people do you think have a plan for anticipating and handling that question when somebody comes well, in here out of the blue? Well, before we head to the break, Jack, this story does not end very well. Okay. And so we can that's, we that's can come back at another right. break yeah, and kind of share with people that. on that. But again, that, that, this story does not does not end well. But your point, it's a great question you're asking. How many are ready for those questions when, when people come to? Because you, you're going to get it. Um, there'll be probably more often that you don't get it, and somebody just leaves, and you wish they'd come talk to you. But when you do get it, or you get whiff of that, or you you get wind that somebody's not happy with with with, 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 with what's going on, you want to have a, a a system in place to kind of do it. But you got to be ready for those those discussions and so being ready for those discussions is having a lot of these things in place in terms of those plans so i don't see how you can do it without it but yeah. that's me so we'll get into that and we'll finish the story that we we're talking about in terms of this the, the, this employee coming in and basically putting a gun to the head of the owner figuratively not literally that happens yeah that's probably happened too but you could call us with, with, with that story if you got that story too it'd be a great story to be able to hear about <laughs> um, our number here in the studio is 440-946-9468 Give us a call. We could talk about that as well. Uh, in any case, when we come back, we'll finish up our story and, and ha- give you some more examples of, of what to do uh, when you have a, a, a an employee coming in looking for a raise. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We're business coaches, and we help you get unstuck from all those how questions in your business.
Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT, 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners, MVP. We're business coaches, and we help owners of small companies defined as 1 to 25 employees, any industry. We help those owners get unstuck from a state of how. Don't you wrestle with all those how questions you have, and I know you do have them. We're masters at that, honest to God, and we have a lot of fun with it too. So give us a call. That's right. We got, uh, if you want to get us here in the studio, you can do that at 440-946-9468. You can email us at radio at MaximumVP.com. If you want to call us when we're not in the air, we're on the air live from noon to 1 p.m. Eastern every Monday. You can get us at 877-849-0670. As Jack's mentioned in prior shows, and he mentions almost every show, he likes getting phone calls. He's a phone call kind of guy, so that's a good way to get a hold of us that way, too. So we want to continue from our prior segment. We were we were discussing the question of how do I how do I um, respond to employees who are looking for more money, and we're sharing a story of a client of ours that had a situation where an employee came in. Basically, it was a key employee. There was a transition of ownership that had just happened, and was basically holding a gun to the head of the owner, saying, "Hey, you know, pay me more money or else I'm leaving." And we couldn't get get the owner to 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 to, to see life without this person and be able to say no to it. So he was able to. So he, he wound up giving this person an increase in their salary, gave him a little, you know, more duties with it, but to try to kind of, you know, keep him there and keep him happy, and was hoping that things would be good. Now, what often happens, and this happened in this case too, within a couple of years, it wasn't even that long. I think it was 18 months. Yeah. This this employee left, and not only did this employee leave, this employee left and set up a competing business. <laughs> and lied about it. Did under the auspices of trying to go out and buy a different company when really he was setting up a, a, a competing company. And so the reason we bring this up is when people come to talk to you about getting more money, that's one thing. How they go about doing it. They come in and they p- put that proverbial gun to the head. That's not somebody you probably want to have on your team going No, that's, it's not going to last. It rarely does. Right. They've made up their mind already and they're gonna. It, it, it's like, hey, if somebody offered me ten million dollars for my business, I'll take it. It's same principle. Right. You know, they they got nothing to lose by coming in, and they're playing the the negotiation card pretty heavy because they know, they know that you're kind of weak need in that area, not prepared, and I can take advantage of it if I'm that kind of person. That's right. And so, he was. He was that kind of person. So you have two choices at that point. From our standpoint, one is to say no, and if that person leaves, so be it. So you can see that as being one option. If not, you can say yes, but but make it very very short term from the standpoint is you're gonna you know what you want to do is then have a plan to get that person out of there in the very near term, That's probably right. the next six That's months right. to help make that transition a little smoother for you. But that kind of approach to you should be taken very seriously in terms of this is not the right kind of person to have long term for your organization. Now, often that happens again. People people will be opportunistic. Okay, we had we have another client where they've got. They're, they, they, it's an earlier stage company, but they were doing some fundraising and getting getting some money on board. And wouldn't you know it? As soon as the money comes on board, here comes people looking for 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 more money. Also, they're <laughs> being compensated for doing some stuff, and now they, they they know there's some more money in the till. Everyone wants to get more of that money. 
Funny how that works, isn't right. it? Yeah, that's sharing the information the wrong way. Right. Well, <laughs> that's again people being aware. It's one thing. But it's okay. Well, they have to justify what are they going to be doing differently now than they weren't doing before. But again, versus saying, hey, yeah, yeah, I want some of that money that's sitting there. Well, people have a, a false impression of what that's all about. You have money in the bank. If you go raise money from investors, well, money isn't necessarily there just to pay your people more money. It's it's maybe to use other things. People could be part of it, but not necessarily that. Well, again, that's the, that's, the, that's the education of the information of a of a company, and how do you share that? Without that, there are so many things that without these problems are very predictable. We've seen it hundreds of times, so often that as soon as they start describing it, we know. But like little kids, they gotta kind of go through the process and learn it for themselves. So these things are very predictable. These outcomes are very predictable. Right. Well, it's it always depends on the person who's coming to talk to you. If it's you know, if it's a key uh, employee, that's always you know, that's always one path you might take. If it's somebody who's relatively easily replaceable, it's going to be a different path, most likely. Definitely, definitely. I think most business owners know that too. I yeah. mean, they they adjust their. You know, if their right-hand person basically comes to them and, and is asking for more money, they're going to treat that person a lot differently than somebody two or three levels down on the org chart, if that would even happen. Yeah, but I guess uh, our experience, though, Jack, has shown, too, is, you know, that if you do just go ask, my, you know, to my point before, if, if somebody asks for it, that's usually the policy. If I come ask and threaten to leave, no matter what level you're at, chances are the boss is going to give you a little bump because... It's a pain in their butt to have to replace you, right? Even if you aren't, you know, a key cog, you're still a cog in the, you know, as part of the machine. So most owners would prefer to pay somebody an extra couple bucks an hour or pay them a couple extra grand a year to avoid the pain and suffering having to go find somebody else, right? Well, that's true. Very short-term yeah. focus, yeah. usually, right? Versus going, hey, no, this is what this position pays. That's all we can afford to it. But if you want to get paid more, here. Are Opportunities here's for you to grow to as part it. of the organization. Yeah, here's other other value you can add to the organization that we'd be happy to, to kind of do that. But I guess so, you know, overall, to try to embrace that, if you do get that, because we've had clients where that hasn't happened, and you get wind of it, or somebody comes in and, and, and they're offering their two week notice. Well, how do we get here? Well, you know, why are you leaving, Jack? Well, hey, I go in here and I'm getting recruited by somebody, and they're saying that, that they're going to pay me, you know, ten thousand more than you're paying me, whatever it's going to be. Well, holy cow! Why don't you come talk to me about it? All right. And again, it, it, it can be you're always very, surprised, right? Yeah, you're you're, you're very always emotional, or you don't quickly. have to be. Right. Yeah. So that's or somebody's dragging you out too. They keep. Uh, we just had a very recent uh, su- situation. So recent, I think it was this morning. <laughs> we read one of those emails about somebody who wasn't going to come on board on this particular company, and he's been dragging it out for months, and just always uh, kind of an annoyance. Right. So when somebody's annoying, get rid of them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because it doesn't usually change into not being annoying, and it's not just money. There's other issues involved, and unless you have the time, and most of us don't, to try to get inside their head, which most of us don't have the skills anyway, (laughs) move on, move on quickly, slow to hire. Fast the fire, isn't that cliche? That cliche is so good, just unbelievable. Slow to hire, fast the fire. Yeah, most people don't do it. No. Yeah. So, but yeah, you know, being being aware of the money, having the plan for this, and you know, we had another client. Like I said, you know, where the, the guy came in and was surprised, but he was able to, he was able to increase the pay. In this case, it was one of those where the owner was kind of doing a, a bunch of creative ways to get compensation to this person because 
Uh, they had some things going on in their personal life in terms of, you know, spouses or whatever else or divorces or, you know, whoever it might be, whereas, you know, had a certain amount of money that, that, that he was looking to make. And the owner didn't realize, okay, that's how it was all taken care of, or they had certain debts that were being done, or like, whatever it might be. Everybody has stories, right? Right, and right. Within a small business, typically there are lots of stories, and you know more about your, your employees and their personal lives and whatever, whatever's going on than you know, many big corporations do. That's okay. Again, yeah, it, that's, that's part of what makes a small business you know, what it is. Um, but, you know, again, so you may do some creative things to work around them to, to help them out. He said, look, if you told me, you know, I can certainly, you know, what you're doing is worth more, and I'd be happy to pay you that. I was trying to do this to make it you know, to make things work for you, right? So again, I was just you know, why won't they come talk to me? Again, see, in that situation, you had a key a key person, a good relationship where they'd kind of worked out a you know a creative deal you know beforehand, and still weren't coming to them, right? So again, it can be it can be very surprising. Very again, I'll call it emotional because again, the, 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 the most <laughs> most owners are more paternal in terms of wanting to kind of take care of their people. They truly believe that, and that's how they they tend to operate. So when it's not taken that way, or it doesn't necessarily come back the same way. It can again, it can be very. It hurts. You know, that's a big part of the you know the struggles of the uh, of the small business owners. Do you think any of the our listening audience has those problems? <laughs> <laughs> do you think anyone is wrestling with that how question? How do I do this? How do I? How, do you how should I approach it? Yeah. 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 Well, if, if if we don't have the the owners feeling that, I guarantee you some of the, the employees are feeling that too. They want to know, well, how do I go approach the owner? Well, what you don't do is don't go in there with a gun in your hand to kind of put it to their head, and say I'm leaving or else. Kind all of thing. wrong, all wrong. But I have yeah. a case of what you want to do. To your point earlier, Jack, here's what I'm trying to do and progress. I've done some research. And my position's worth worth this in the marketplace. I'd like to be able to make this, and for that, I'd be able to, to, to add more value to the company. So if you approach it the right way, it'll be received in the right way. Because often the owners maybe just don't know. To your point, Jack, most owners don't have a plan in place where they've got it laid out. Here's what we're going to do, and here's the, the the progression of it. It's again until somebody asks, they don't necessarily think about it. As See much. now, more how questions. So if I'm listening to you and I talking today, I'm going to say, how do I put in a plan like this? How do I create a plan like this? You're talking plans. What does that mean? Well, what does it mean, Adam? <laughs> you know, I know. You know. Our website knows. Uh, you know, we'd love to hear what, what people basically are doing on this score. Are they prepared? Aren't they prepared? How do they give information to people? How do they do this? How do they get them included? How are they ready when that person walks through the door and, and wants an increase? How do they counter that? Yeah, it's all part of our seven keys to success. If you go to our website at MaximumVP.com, there's a link there for the MVP playbook. And one of the menu items underneath there is called the seven keys to success. And the couple of them that we talked about here today in this last segment have been the profit plan, which is number two, and the organization plan, number four. So how do folks out there who own businesses, how do they how do they handle those? That's what we like to know. How do they handle running a business without a profit plan and an organization plan? What does that mean? It means a, a, a visual that's that's put together in good form that they can educate not only themselves but their their company and employees. And these how questions that we're going to be talking about are all run through there. So we'll have more about that in our future episodes. We want to thank you again for joining us on this week's edition of Dirty Secrets of Small Business. We invite you to tune in every Monday at noon. If you have questions before our next show or, or how questions of your own you want to kind of put to us, you can give us an email at radio at MaximumVP.com. Or better yet, give us a call, 877-849-0670. You know, at MVP, we, we build long-term relationships. 
And we, we say it often, we absolutely love our clients because we have a lot of fun with them, and that fun comes because we're successful and we help them out and we become good friends and valued, valued advisors. So if you missed part of this show or any other show, you can find us on iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. You can go to wintradio.com and look at their archive programs. Or you can find us on tunein.com. Learn more. Dirty Secrets of Small Businesses next Monday at noon. Hey, thanks for listening on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM and 101.5 FM and wintradio.com. <laughs>